You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> back episode 32 of the wide right podcast i'm your host ryan honey of elite sports new york and the elite sports radio network a lot to get to today the last episode we will record before the giants take on the steelers uh, in their week one matchup on monday night at 7 10 p.m it is finally here recording this now thursday afternoon september 10th in just a few short hours we will get to watch Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson play NFL football against each other. It's been a long it's been a long wait. No preseason, basically a lost offseason, no mini camp, no rookie camp, no OTAs, virtual draft, things getting shut down, things happening all over the country and all over the world. It's been a weird 6 months. Um but we're finally here. NFL football is occurring tonight. The first game of the year. I am so excited, as I'm sure all of my listeners are as well. But going past that, we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the DeAndre Baker release that happened this week. Talk about the Logan Ryan signing that happened last week. I'll do something rare this episode. I will praise Dave Gettleman, so hopefully you're still tuned for that when that part of the podcast comes up. And we will preview the Giants-Steelers Week 1 matchup. Um, so I want to start with... This is a move that everyone expected the Giants to do. Okay, Everyone expected them to waive DeAndre Baker at some point in time. You know, at least in recent weeks, that sort of seemed what, you know, was going to happen as far as, you know, him getting him going on the commissioner's exempt list, him getting officially charged with four counts of armed robbery, as you know, stemming from the Miramar, Florida cookout that happened in May. And it was just it need, it was a move that needed to be done. You know, it it was unlikely he would play this year. Um, his court date is in January 2021. As of right now, it could be pushed back because, you know, all, everything's getting pushed back because of COVID. So there's a chance it could not happen on that date. It could happen much later. Um, and it's it, it was just it became more unlikely that the Giants would keep him. They still would have had, they still would have had to pay his salary, even though he wouldn't have counted against their roster. And it's basically... It's, it's a goodbye and good riddance type of situation. He wasn't great last year. He was improving towards the end of the year. Don't get me wrong. But he still didn't play up to the standards of a starting cornerback in this league. So he struggled a lot last year, especially in coverage. There was you know, an effort controversy involving him. At times, it didn't look like he was showing much effort on the field, uh, specifically on a, spe- on a certain play in the loss of the Jets in Week 10. 
you know, at, after I believe it was the loss to the Cowboys in the middle of the year, he basically admitted to not fully knowing the playbook. He was still learning the plays when he had been a starter uh, for the majority of the season up to that point. So there was he he was on the Giants from April 2019 to September 2020, and he didn't bring many positives to the organization during that time span. And it, it got to a point where, you know, this is a whiff by Dave Gettleman. I know I said I was going to praise Dave, praise Dave Gettleman. That'll come later in the podcast. Right now, I'll do, I'll do my usual, you know, criticizing him. This is a whiff by Dave Gettleman. You know, they get, he gave up three draft picks to trade back into that first round in 2019 to take him. He was supposed to, you know, bolster the secondary that had been struggling for a couple of years at that point and still is struggling now, hopefully not in 2020, but it did in 2019. He gave up three picks to trade back into that first round to take Baker, who apparently had some character issues in college. Um, there wasn't all positives when he was at Georgia, despite the fact that he was probably the best defensive back in the league, best defensive back in the country, and won the Jim Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the country. Um, but this is a whiff by Dave Gettleman, and I think they just, you know, they did what they needed. They did what they needed to do. They released him, which is what they absolutely should have done. And I think, you know, now you just got to move forward. And they hinted at, they sort of hinted at this release. You know, last week in a press conference, Gettleman was asked about the um, the whole situation with Baker. And he basically said, you know, it's just timing. And he was mainly referring to they were trying to time when they should release him. Because as I said before, they still would have had to pay his checks even though he wasn't counting towards the roster, considering he was on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, so that, Gettleman said that. Um, Joe Judge always remained sort of mum on the situation. He didn't say much. And then they gave Baker's number 27 jersey to Isaac Yadam, who they recently traded for, cornerback, who recently played for, who previously played for the Denver Broncos. And I think that move right there was when it was, okay, it's official. You know, it's not it's not officially official yet until the news came in that they waived him. But when they gave his jersey, his Baker's old number to Isaac Yadam, I think that, I think it was like the day or two days before they actually released Baker. I think that was the move that was like, okay, this is essentially done. You know, Baker's no longer a giant, and, um, you know, they're, they're, it, Big Blue's moving on. I think that was mainly when, um, you know, it was basically all but confirmed. Um, and we'll wait and see about this legal situation that Baker's in. Um, I believe if he's convicted of armed robbery in Florida, it's a mandatory minimum of 10 years in prison um, with the potential of up to life. Um, I don't think he'll get life, but... There's apparently there's a chance he can get at least 10 years in prison. So um, we'll wait and see about the legal situation. Um, as I said before, the next court date isn't scheduled until 20 until January of 2021. And that's just as of right now. Who knows if it could, if it could get pushed back. But he's no longer a giant and may no longer be in the NFL after just one mostly lackluster season. Which is a huge disappointment especially when you give up three draft picks while rebuilding to draft him. So, DeAndre Baker's gone, and Logan Ryan is here. And I know I just criticized Gettleman a bit, but now is when I'll praise him. This is the part 
of the podcast when I start praising Dave Gettleman. And I've, it's, it hasn't been all criticisms from me towards Dave Gettleman. You know, I praised him for the Marcus Golden move, which I said was the best move and probably still is the best move he made this offseason, bringing their leading pass rusher from a year ago back on a cheap $5 million deal. Um, after almost losing out on him to free agency, or it looked like they were going to move, it looked as if they were going to lose out on him in free agency. But I'm going to praise Dave Gettleman again here. What a move. I mean, the Giants remained patient. They took a chance at the right time. And now they have a new defensive back in Logan Ryan who returns home to Jersey um, and should be a starter. Uh, they got Ryan on a cheap one-year deal. $7.5 million. And this move not just adds a body to a secondary that desperately needed it. And, you know, secondary, it's so important to have depth. This move fixes a ton of problems in that defensive backfield. For one, it fills the void of Baker and will help fill the void uh, left by McKinney, Xavier McKinney, uh, who's who fractured his foot and should be out uh, for the majority of his rookie season. It also adds a veteran presence to this rather young group. You know, for a time, it looked as if the old the veteran was going to be the 26-year-old James Bradbury. You know, after that, you have Baker, who is only going to be in his second year. Julian Love, who is only going to be in his second year. Jabril Peppers, who is only going to be in his fourth. Corey Ballantine, uh, his second. You know, Darney Holmes is a rookie. So it looked as, you know, Sam Beal, before he before he opted out, was only going to be in his third year. Second year, if you don't count his first year, which he was hurt, you know, that entire season. So, Logan Ryan adds a veteran presence to this rather young group. And, the Giants now have another versatile weapon who they could use in the secondary. We all know the versatility that the safety tandem brings. Julian Love is versatile. Jabril Peppers is versatile. They're very athletic. They can do a lot of things. You know, they can play in the secondary. They can come up and play in the box near the uh, line of scrimmage. You know, with Ryan, you could play him in numerous spots. And the Giants have sort of remained quiet on where they're going to play him. You know, on the depth chart, right, the unofficial depth chart that came out, it shows that he wasn't even a starter. He will be, in my opinion. They just don't. They don't want to really say what's where they're going to use him. But, you know, he has the ball skills to play in the deeper part of the field. And he possesses the necessary physicality to play somewhere like in the slot. So he could play in a number of different spots. I think I think he will end up taking Baker's spot. Now this is just my opinion. They know more a lot they know more a lot more than I do. Okay? Pat there's a reason why Patrick Graham is an NFL defensive coordinator and I'm just a podcaster and a writer. Okay. They know a lot more than I do about you know, where they can field Ryan and where, you know, where he's going to bring the most, um, you know, where he's going to benefit the most for this defense. Um, but I think, in my opinion, he should play in Baker's spot. You could have, you know, you'd have Logan Ryan and James Bradbury, two veteran corners who are both talented. Uh, Julian Love and Jabril Peppers at the free and strong safety spots, respectively. And then you could potentially plug someone in like Darnay Holmes in the slot. Darnay Holmes, who has played well in training camp, or played well in training camp, has played uh, well leading up to the regular season. And hopefully he'll be, you know, as talented in an NFL regular season game against an actual NFL opponent. Um, You know, like he's, you know, as talented as he's 
as talented in that space as he's been, um, you know, in practice and in training camp. But um, I think it's a great move by Gettleman. I think if you can utilize a secondary like what I just said, you know, hopefully Corey Ballanty improves in year two. He can be at, he could also be an option. Um, I knew Grant Haley would be cut, and it was t- Grant, Grant Haley was not great, so he's out of the mix. But I think I'm actually excited for the secondary. You know, I had my doubts. Obviously, it wasn't great last year. Um, you know, I, I like the Bradbury signing, but I you know, Baker was obviously before the whole legal situation. Baker, I wasn't high on. I wasn't high on him last year. I wasn't, you know, confident going into this year. I, he would have had to make a huge improvement for me to get on board. Um, but I think right now when you have a secondary that includes Ryan, Bradbury, Julian Love, Jabril Peppers, Darney Holmes, and hopefully an improving Corey Ballantine, and then not to mention whenever McKinney comes back, hopefully he comes back strong, I think this will be one of the more versatile secondaries in the league, or ha- at least has the potential to be one of the more versatile secondaries in the league. And it's... It's nice because that versati- that versatility between a lot of them, you know, Ryan, Love, and Peppers, you can switch them up in different spots. And you could sort of overwhelm opposing offenses, especially when it comes to game planning. You know, leading up to the week leading up to, an, you know, a Sunday game or a Monday game, it, they could figure out, the Giants defense could figure out, you know, and have figure out a certain scheme and have Love, Peppers, and Ryan play numerous spots in that defensive backfield, sort of confuse the opposing quarterback. I think that, you know, and jo- and Joe Judge preaches versatility, and I think that's why he's very excited about this signing as well. Not to mention he's reuniting with Logan Ryan because they both worked in New England together. So I think when you have a versatile secondary like what the Giants do right now, I think that could only be a benefit. Um, so I'm actually excited. I, I wasn't you know, initially excited about this secondary. Um, I thought, you know, yeah, Bradbury is a good addition. Uh, you know, it's definitely an upgrade from Janoris Jenkins, but I still wasn't exactly all in on them, you know, improving as much as they need to. But now I'm, I, I think this move uh, for Ryan is, um, is a good move. And I, he's excited too. I mean, he's coming home. Uh, he's from Jersey, so... This is, um, I think this is a move that works out for everybody, and I think this is a move that excites most. So, good job by Dave Gettleman, good job staying patient, um, getting a talented defensive back like Logan Ryan for only seven and a half, seven and a half million. Um, maybe, in, maybe, arguably, this could be the best move by Gettleman the entire offseason. Maybe this beats out Golden, the you know, the signing for Golden, but I think... You know, the golden signing was fant- the golden move was fantastic to wait and sort of implement that rare tag, and that was something that not a lot of people saw coming. I think we can all agree about that. So, but either way, uh, the golden move was great, and so was the move for Logan Ryan. So, I think good good job by Gettleman in that front office to uh, pounce on this talented, versatile defensive back right before the start of the regular season. And uh, speaking of the start of the regular season. We have Giants football right now in a little bit less than four days. About four days and four and a half hours. I'm excited. Giants-Steelers, MetLife Stadium, Monday Night Football, 7-10 p.m. Eastern Time. This will be such an important task for this team to open up this season. Because although the Steelers have missed the postseason, I believe the last two years, 
uh, they will find a way to beat you. And why is that? Because Mike Tomlin is a fantastic coach. He's always been a fantastic coach. If they made the playoffs last year, the Steelers did, and they weren't far off from making it, I'm sure they're. I'm pretty sure they were one spot out. I'm pretty sure if the playoffs last year was seven teams in each conference instead of six, like it's supposed to be this year, if this year's playoff format, new playoff format, which has seven teams in either conference, if that was implemented last year, I believe the Steelers would have been that seventh team in the AFC. If they made the playoffs, he would have won Coach of the Year um, because they had no quarterback. You know, Roethlisberger was out for much of the year. And Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges weren't exactly fantastic, dominant options. Um, so Mike Tomlin is proven to be a fantastic coach in this league um, for you know over a decade, and Tomlin will find a way to outcoach Judge. You know, Judge is his first game head coaching ever. Tomlin's been doing it for over a decade. Has you know a Super Bowl ring to show off, and. Uh, this is Judge's first game head coaching ever and any on any level. So Tomlin will find a way to outcoach Judge. Therefore, this will be such a crucial task and what's going to be the first task of this new era of Giants football. And it is a new era. Don't deny it's not. I know Daniel Jones is the second year, Barkley it's his third, but as far when you take in everything, a new head coach, you know, coming off a third straight losing season, we're treating this as a new era of Giants football, okay? We want it to be at least as far as, you know, winning games and making the playoffs. We want to change. You know, this is a new era of Giants football. So, it, this will be the first task So it's a crucial task. And I think the key to winning this game, uh, at least on the defensive end, is this Giants pass rush needs to come together. They got to utilize the depth in that position group, utilize that committee, a.k.a. Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Carter, Kyler Fackrell, O'Shane Zimenez, potentially Carter Coughlin, in order to overwhelm this Steelers offensive line, which may be without five-time Pro Bowl guard David DeCastro. The Castro's dealing with a lower body injury. Um, this would mean Pittsburgh would be utilizing three offensive linemen in new positions. Um, the Giants need to take advantage of that. They need to take advantage of that offensive line and, you know, not having the Castro and having guys play in new positions. They need to take advantage of that and force Roethlisberger, who's been out of football for almost a year, they need to force him to make bad decisions with the football. So they got to do. They got to overwhelm this offensive line, which has some, you know, guys in new spots. They got to force Roethlisberger to make bad throws, to make bad decisions with the football in his hands. Um, I think this new inside linebacker group, you know, looks like Blake Martinez and Devontae Downs are going to be the two starters, uh, and this defensive line group, which is fully returning with uh, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I think they'll also have a significant task controlling James Conner. I think that'll be the key. You got to control James Conner running the football. You need to force this Steelers team. Um, you need to force them to have to convert third and longs. You know, if you control the run game and you make this team um, have to, you know, if the, you need to make this team deal with third and longs all game or the majority of the game, uh, you can then force them to throw the ball and you could thus force. Ben Roethlisberger to make mistakes. If they can do that, uh, the defense should succeed. But you have to, 
you have to force them into third and long situations. All right, that's where the mistakes by Roethlisberger are more than likely to be made. Not more than likely, I'm not saying he's going to make them every time, but third and long situations, that's where mistakes could be made. And I think the Giants need to force the Steelers into those third and long situations in order for those mistakes to be made. So they got to control James Conner running the football. Um, they got to, you know, they got to, this pass rush has got to overwhelm this offensive line and Big Ben. And I think when you can control, when you can utilize the pass rush effectively, I think the secondary will thus follow. Um, I think when Roethlisberger doesn't have enough time to get the ball out of his hands, I think that's when the secondary will succeed. You know, no defensive back can cover a wide receiver for 10, 12 seconds. You know, it's just not, it's just not possible. So if you can force Roethlisberger to get rid of the ball early, I think this um, the, the mistakes will be made and the secondary will succeed. And then thus this whole defensive unit will succeed. Um, and then on the offensive end, this team needs to, the Giants need to run the, they need to run the offense through Saquon Barkley. They got to take the pressure off Daniel Jones. I know we're hoping Jones will improve in year two, but don't have him throw it 50 times a game. If you can have this young offensive line start to come together in week one, and you can start to run the run the ball effectively, you can succeed, and they will succeed. Okay, they got to run this offense to Saquon Barkley. That's your money maker. Okay, he's your money maker. You know, in a passing league, Barkley is going to be the money maker, and it's a little different than most teams. But he's that effective and that dynamic and that much of a game changer that you need to run your offense through him. But I'm looking forward to a couple different things. One, I'm look I'm really, really looking forward to how Jones plays. I know I just said run the offense to Barkley, not Jones, but they need to it'll be very interesting to see how Jones plays. You know, we've seen quarterbacks in recent years take that leap from year one to two. Jared Goff did it. I know Jared Goff wasn't exactly great in year three and four, but I'm just talking about from year one and two. Jared Goff went from a mediocre at best quarterback to a Pro Bowl quarterback. Trubisky did it. This is another guy. Year three wasn't great, but from year one to two was mediocre at best to a Pro Bowl quarterback, led the Bears to a division title. Um, Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who we'll see tonight, didn't really play his rookie year. Didn't really know what we were going to get out of him. Year two, MVP. Year three, Super Bowl. Looks to be on pace to potentially be the greatest quarterback ever. You know, who knows? Lamar Jackson, back up his first year. I know he started, he ended up starting in uh, in place of Flacco when Flacco was hurt. And even when Flacco came back, wasn't that effective in the playoffs. Um, year two, huge leap, MVP. And same with thing with Carson Wentz. He was, a, he was good his rookie year. Year two. Would have won MVP if he didn't tear his ACL. The only reason he didn't win MVP is because he missed the last three games because of a torn ACL. He plays those three games, those last three games, Wentz is a surefire MVP that year in 2017. So we've seen quarterbacks in recent years take that leap from year one to two. And, you know, Monday night is when we can start to see if Jones can fix his turnover issues, if he can, you know, make smarter choices with the ball in his hands. And if he could start leading this team back to its winning ways, which we haven't seen since 2016. So this is a this is a huge 
opportunity for Jones to start proving to people that he can take that significant leap from year one to two, that he can start to right the wrongs and start to lead the team um, to, you know, more tallies in the win column. And um, we're all hoping he does it, but it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see if he can start, you know, doing it right away, week one, that it doesn't take a couple weeks to get into a groove. I know it's tough. It's going to be tough to get into a groove week one because of the lost offseason, no preseason games. The only, you know, quote-unquote preseason game they had was the inter-squad scrimmages that were, you know, no, not full contact, not what it would be if it was an actual legitimate preseason matchup. So um, I know it's it's tough to really come together week one, but we'll start to see if Jones can, you know, right the wrongs and start leading this team uh, to winning ways. And uh, number two, I'm looking to see if this coaching staff uh, will start to prove the doubters wrong. You know, everyone, a lot of people criticize the hire of Joe Judge and people still criticize Judge because they're you know they're not fans of his in practice antics or his in practice intensity. I don't know why they're not fans of it. Um, I personally think, you know, that's a huge benefit to the Giants. I've said it before. Um, you know, this coaching staff can start to prove that they were worth the hires that the Giants made. You know, J- Jason Garrett can start to prove that he was a good choice for the offensive coordinator role after his tenure with the Cowboys just ended. Uh, Joe Judge, I just said, can prove that he was a good choice for head co- for the head coaching role, despite the fact that he's never had coached in his life and he was a special teams coordinator um, with New England. Um, you know, the, this coaching staff can start to prove that the head coach not calling to pr- not calling the offensive or defensive plays was also a good choice. You know, Joe Judge is not calling the plays. And some people are critical of that decision by the organization. You know, the last two head coaches that the Giants had were both offensive play callers. You know, some teams have offensive play callers as their, as their head coaches. Some teams have def- defensive play callers as their head coach. Um, the Giants have neither. But the Giants can start to prove that maybe going with Joe Judge, who's not going to call the plays as a head coach, um, was a good move and a good choice. And number three, I am very much looking to see how this offensive line fares. This offensive line is not going to be what we initially thought it was going to be. We all thought it was going to be Nate Solder from left to right. It was going to be Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, potentially Spencer Pulley, uh, Kevin Zeitler, and then rookie Andrew Thomas. Now it's looking like it's going to be Andrew Thomas at left tackle, you know, is First NFL game is already going to be in at left tackle. Will Hernandez returns for his third season. On the unofficial depth chart, it said Nick Gates at center. I think that sh- that might be the move, but we'll see. Uh, especially with Pulley, who was shaken up for, I think, much of training camp. Kevin Zeitler. And now Cam Fleming at right tackle, who the Giants picked up in free agency. So the Nate Solder opt-out proved how important a move it was to pick up someone like Cam Fleming um, in free agency, who wasn't slated to start at first, or who wasn't slated to start once they drafted Andrew Thomas. But, you know, he's a veteran. He's started a Super Bowl before. He started Super Bowl 52 for the Patriots um, a couple years ago at right tackle. So it proved that picking up a guy like Fleming, who has a veteran presence, and could be a mentor to some of these guys. It was an important move. So he'll likely start at right tackle. I'm looking forward to seeing if that group 
Thomas Hernandez, Gates potentially, Zeitler and Fleming, how that will work against this tough Pittsburgh pass rush that includes TJ Watt. Um, it, I think I'm worried that it might not come together at first, which it probably won't. You know, everything might not come together right away, especially after a lost offseason and, you know, everything with COVID and no preseason and this and that. But I'm looking forward to see if they can start to get into at least a little bit of a groove. Um, but they'll have a tough task. They'll definitely have a tough task on their hands with this Steelers defense and this Steelers pass rush. Um, but all in all, the Giants have a ton of questions to answer this year. You know, three straight seasons of no postseason, of no playoff, um, you know, no playoff appearances in three years for this team. That's not exactly going to please this fan base, which is, you know, New Yorkers are very impatient. You know, they want things to happen, and quickly. You know, the Giants fans, they don't want another year of rebuilding. They don't want another year of 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, you know, 4-12. and 12. They want to see improvement. And this Giants team will have a ton of questions to answer this year, and they're going to start answering them on Monday night. But until then... Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Check the podcast out on EliteSportsNewYork.com as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google Podcasts. Um, I think I'm, I'm – de- I don't think. I'm definitely going to do an immediate reaction to the Giants-Steelers game. I'll record that Monday night after the game. Probably be watching the other Monday night game in the background on mute so it doesn't come into the microphone. But I'll be doing an immediate reaction um, podcast episode uh, after, right after that game. And then I'll be doing, I'll be basically from now on, I'll be doing two a week. I'll be doing the immediate reaction after Giants games. And then I'll do one later on in that coming week uh, as, as a preview of the, uh, you know, then upcoming game. But until then, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Again, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. And I'll talk to you guys soon.